<clears throat> can I just say, can I just say my my favorite quote from Saint Joseph? <laughs> it's nothing. It's quiet. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a pair of St. Joseph socks I got for Christmas. Me too. And uh, <gasps> yes, and at the bottom, like the bottom, the sole part of the foot, it has just quotation marks that is with amazing. nothing in it. I need to check those because I I have St. Joseph socks, but I'd never even noticed that. I'm gonna have to go see. I I'm pretty I, at least I'm I'm pretty positive that that's what it is. That it's just. You guys thing. just gave me a good idea Oops. for Jason's birthday gift. Thank you. Hope he doesn't hear this episode before his birthday. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> When is his birthday? I just mentioned it in Day. the last pa- <laughs> Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Woo. Okay. I was probably taking notes or something because I was trying to keep up with all of the good stuff that we talked about. Here's a nerdy Catholic question. But. Who's the Saint's Feast Day on your birthday? The day... Oh. Well, well, the day my- after Emma's is um, the Feast of St. Valentine. <laughs> okay, so that'd be the 13th. Emma, I see you no, scratching be, your head. You're, you're, are you not sure? Do you not know your own saints on your birthday? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the February 13th. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar right oh, now, and there's no saint that's listed. Saint Cyril. Well, not, that's not, no Saint Cyril's on the 14th. Yeah. My birthday's oh, yeah, not the 14th. Right. Saint Cyril on What about you, Mary Kate? I was born on the Nativity of Mary. September 8th? Top that. that yes. Okay, sweet. Think about the um, Immaculate Conception. I, nine I was months literally later. about to say, I can't top that. And then I realized, <laughs> no, it's Mary. Okay, never mind. I can't. Um, but I have St. Justin Martyr, who's also pretty BA. So his, his I knew uh, that. feast day is June 1st. So I, Bishop Groose, in his first Friday talk yesterday so for february for those of you listening his first friday talk he quoted justin martyr he talked about um the early mass and what that looked like for the early christians so he talked about uh justin martyr so uh i have always enjoyed reading whatever he's he's written some beautiful whenever things, i'm talking so. to people about how literally everything we do is pretty much the same as it was two thousand years ago i refer to saint justin martyr martyr and also the didache because that has some pretty key stuff mm. as well. Yep, that and uh, Ignatius of Antioch is another heavy hitter mm. for the early church. Polycarp. Which yes. always, to me, sounds like a Pokemon name. Because To me, it sounds like a fish. I have a, <laughs> well, yeah, that too. I have a priest friend who every year on the Feast of St. Polycarp will put a picture of just a ton of carp. Because it's Polycarp. Right, many fish. <laughs> <laughs> Polycarp is actually Greek for many carp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but okay. But listen, I'm reading. You guys probably aren't going to be surprised by this, but the the catechetical lectures of St. Cyril of Jerusalem. Holy cow. You talk about some some deep, beautiful things. Um, Of course, he's Eastern, uh, one of the Eastern fathers but still so much beauty when it comes to the sacraments and the liturgy and things like that so he's another one that i enjoy reading i feel like in the um the liturgy of the hours i think he, they they quote a lot from him for the stuff that he writes about baptism and like some of the 
way yeah. that the early church practiced baptism and yeah pretty fascinating the the mystagogical lectures for um catechesis however they list them of course the liturgy of the hours has a lot of the early church fathers and even eastern fathers mm-hmm. uh some really beautiful writings in Ooh, there father so. did you do the uh blessing of the throats yesterday yesterday for the feast of saint blaise I had planned on it, but we had a snow day, and our policy at the parish is that when there's a snow day, then there's no mass, like daily mass either, so we did not. Did you bless your own throat? And then I thought about, (laughs) I was literally going to say that. Yeah, I was almost going to bless my own throat, and I go, no, I can't bless myself. I can't forgive myself of my own sins, so next year. Dang. I've seen some really cool candles for that blessing. Like They're like twined around each other. Yep. Twined yeah. around, twine, twist, twine. No, that's a no, word. like joined together twine. with twine. I think she no, means. like, like twisted around each other. Okay, okay. I think twined Wait, is a word. Oh, like braided, like braided. Here, I'll find a picture. Or... Hold on. Okay, I'm just the the word is I what think I'm yeah, totally confused about. There's like intertwined. Okay. The very like first picture that. came up. It, but what did you type in? Did no, you? No, I literally twined? just did Saint Blaise candle. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if twined would come up like in a game of Scrabble, like if that would be valid. Oh my heavens, this candle is $86. (laughs) Can we just, can we pause the the fact that you just said, oh my heavens, when talking about the price of these candles? Sweet Betsy. Anyways, okay, well, we probably should get to the topic. Um... I think this is my my episode. Not I think I know our it's my episode. episode, and so our our episode. Yes, uh, topic uh, something that I had felt uh, kind of nudged on my heart since I think we've mentioned this in a couple of episodes prior to uh, back at the end of Advent. Uh, I Father Kevin invited me out to Harbor Beach to give a short little reflection presentation, um, wh- whatever you want to call it, on uh, Saint Joseph and spiritual fatherhood and some of my own personal testimony uh, with St. Joseph. And, and it's been resonating with me even still after that, um, that evening and just really reflecting on the presence of St. Joseph. And so I thought it would be a good topic uh, for conversation. And I know um, Father Kevin has shared that it's uh, a little bit of how it's impacted him and um, some of the fruits that it's borne in his life as a spiritual father. Uh, and so just wanted to, to touch a little bit about uh, on St. Joseph, his role in the church, but then also how is he this model uh, for fathers and men uh, in today's world. So I uh, just wanted to provide here really quick some short little catechesis of who is St. Joseph, uh, how does the church recognize him, but then kind of dive into his characteristics and how he uh, lived his life and, and different virtues that we can uh, look to him for even as women. Um, how can we learn from Saint Joseph as well? Uh, so just as as men can learn from our Blessed Mother Mary, uh, we can also as women learn from Saint Joseph. And so, just wanted to touch on some of those things. And so, really quick, uh, I, mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the catechesis part of it because um, you can easily look it up online. But uh, th- you know, we're reminded in the church teaches that that Saint Joseph is. Uh, the husband of Mary, and we can read this in Scripture uh, from Matthew chapter one verse sixteen, where it's going through the genealogy, and we get to Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. 
uh, of her was born Jesus, who is called the Messiah, right? So we know that he's the husband of Mary uh, and the adopted father of Jesus, right? And so uh, we also know that he was visited uh, in dreams by the angel of the Lord and confirmed that the child that Mary was going to bear uh, was in fact Jesus, was the, the son of God, right? Because we read in scripture, like Mary has the, there's the uh, Annunciation, right? And she's like, well, how can this be? I've had no relations with man. And St. Joseph is like, whoa, <laughs> where did this come from? And so the angel of the Lord speaks to him, uh, confirming that this was divinely uh, instituted. And so what does this look like for him and how he graciously welcomes Mary? Uh, but then also we know that he was spoken to by an angel to flight to, to, for the flight to Egypt, right? To save and protect the Holy Family from Herod. Uh, and, and so, which is a, a very beautiful thing. Uh, we also know that he was a, a righteous man. And so that he, he you know, well, even though St. Joseph doesn't understand the bigger picture of what happened or what was happening at that moment, uh, he, was a, he was a just man. And he made a decision to protect Mary's good name, her dignity, and her life, but then also to protect and raise Jesus as well. Uh, and, and even in his, his hesitation, right, to act, God enlightens his understanding, and he still lives a very just life in that. And so we can, we can look at it as the, the nobility of his heart, essentially, um, that, that St. Joseph has this heart of nobility that he, he learned from the law, right, Jewish law, uh, and, and that he made dependent on the charity that he had not only for God, but for Mary and Jesus, right? So he lives this very just and noble life. And um, another thing that St. Joseph can illustrate for us is uh, acceptance versus explanation, right? Um, that even though St. Joseph may have questioned things, and that's good. I mean, even Mary, she pondered and she when she, the angel Gabriel appeared to her, she's, you know, question, well, how could this be, right? So she even, there was that bit of questioning. Um, but in St. Joseph had that too, right? Like he questioned, but he accepted versus seeking an explanation clear to the end. And so uh, another, just who he is in the church and what we can uh, learn from, from St. Joseph. And so we also know that there are no quoted <laughs> things of St. Joseph, right, in scripture or in church documents. Like we don't have any quotes from him, but we know that he was faithful. He was faithful to what the Lord was asking of him and protecting the Holy Family and, and leading and guiding them and being a father, right, being the, the actual uh, adopted father of Jesus, being present to him and, and loving him, right, and showing us what true fatherhood looks like uh, in the flesh, right. And so, uh, St. Joseph shows us that even though he was in the background, he had a very important role uh, in the life of the church, in the life of Jesus. Uh, he's, he's very active uh, to, to this day. So he, even though he was in the, as a bystander, maybe kind of in the background, his, his tender, loving heart uh, was there through it all. Right. And honestly, I, I would argue that it was his tender, loving heart, not only to God and to Mary and to Jesus. Uh, it was that tender, loving heart that truly made him the just man that he was. Um, and, and that's just outpouring of love. Right. And so those are just some of the, the like the, it's the, the catechesis aspect of uh, who St. Joseph is in the church. So I want to pause right there. 
uh, before we kind of dive into what uh, Pope Francis writes about in Patris Corde, uh, some more of his characteristics of who he was. Um, so I want to pause and let you guys give feedback on if you have any initial thoughts on that part. Yeah, so um, I would have to say that St. Joseph is one of my main guys. Um, for a really long time when I was single, I would go to our church and light a candle to him um, and pray for my future spouse. Um, not only that he would just come on and show up already, but um, <laughs> that uh, he would have all the graces that he needed in his uh, daily life. Um, and so with that, then um, when Jason and I started dating, we incorporated um, into our prayer life together um, prayers for um, Jason to um, develop in the qualities and the virtues of, of St. Joseph and for me to um, grow in the virtues of Our Lady. And so I really like what you said, Emma, of how women as well can learn from St. Joseph, and it's not just a guy thing. Um, I really I really appreciate that. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, um, growing up, I don't think I gave very much attention to St. Joseph at all. Like, it was pretty much just Jesus, like just God, and then I think I got into college and I was learning a lot about what the church taught about Mary. So I was learning more about Mary, praying the rosary, but St. Joseph was someone I didn't really give a lot of attention to or um, like learn a lot about or have any sort of relationship with him. Really, I think until like seminary, I think one of my years in college seminary, I was on the St. Joseph Hall in the seminary. So like he was our patron. So we asked for his intercession and like we, we prayed to him, but I was, I was still like getting to know him, I think. And, uh, it wasn't really until I got closer to ordination and I was ordained a priest during the year of St. Joseph um, in, in 2021. And so I was like, okay, Lord, like if you knew from all time that I was going to be ordained a priest in the year of St. Joseph, it'd probably be a good idea for me to like learn a little bit more about him and to grow in a relationship with him. Um, just realizing the significance of all of those things coming together. So um, it's really been only in the last few years that I've um, been studying St. Joseph and uh, going to him more often in prayer. And I would say, especially now as a priest, as someone that people refer to as father, um, I've been really uh, learning more about him and uh, asking for his intercession more and looking at his characteristics. So um, that letter that came out from Pope Francis that you're going to be talking about, Emma, was actually um, really, I think, revolutionary for me to, to see St. Joseph in a whole new light. So I'm looking forward to breaking that open. Cool. Well, then let's break it open. <laughs> so if you've never read Patris Corde, uh, it's an apostolic letter that um, Pope Francis wrote on the 150th anniversary of the proclamation of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. And uh, I, was, I didn't reread the entire thing, but I was skimming it. And even just in the opening paragraphs, you can tell Pope Francis's, even his fatherly heart and his desire to even deepen his relationship with St. Joseph and how uh, it's it's important, right? And that St. Joseph wants to give us uh, many graces, right? To be able to grow in virtue. And so uh, I, I want to just read here uh, the first couple of paragraphs of this, uh, <laughs> of this, this letter, because he opens with, by saying, with a father's heart, with a father's heart, right? 
That is how Joseph loved Jesus, whom all four Gospels refer to as the son of Joseph. Right. And so uh, Matthew and Luke, the two evangelists who speak most of Joseph, tell us very little, yet enough for us to appreciate what sort of father he was and the mission entrusted to him by God's providence. And so uh, if you... I, I really encourage if you want to read more about St. Joseph in the scriptures, read Matthew and, and Luke. But that first line, with a father's heart, that, that sums up exactly like who St. Joseph is. That in uh, Pope Benedict Sixteenth, I know we're referencing him again. It's in his book, The God of Jesus Christ. When he talks about God the Father and, and trying to understand God, because this book is all on the, the meditations of the triune God. And so he's speaking of God as Father he, he makes reference to how we, we can understand God, the, the Father, through the human fatherhood, right? And thus begging the question of, okay, well, what does that look like? Well, who is our model but St. Joseph? And so with a father's heart, that's how St. Joseph loved Jesus, right? So it's that call to have this father's heart for, for all men. But then also, as I mentioned, like we as women, obviously we don't have a father's heart, <laughs> Um, and to, to love as a father, but there are other things that we can do uh, and, and look to to grow in, in virtue and even call men to holiness, right? As we are called to do, just as they're called to um, call us to holiness. But he points out um, a couple of things here <coughs> of who St. Joseph is um, by his very nature and his character. And so the first thing he talks about is that he was a beloved father, right? So the greatness of St. Joseph is that he was the spouse of Mary and the father of Jesus in the way he placed himself, in this way he placed himself, in the words of St. John Chrysostom, at the service of the entire plan of salvation, right? So you think of fatherhood, you think of that one that provides for the family, that serves the family, right? And really is that, um, that rock, right? And so he's a beloved father, not only in the moments of the Holy Family, but the church and the entire economy of salvation, right? And when we talk about the economy of salvation, it's the story in which God reveals himself to us, right? And how he works throughout time to reveal himself. The second thing, and I think we'll end up probably talking about this the most, uh, is that St. Joseph, it was a, a tender and loving father. So we, not only is he this beloved father, a father to be loved and look to as guidance, but he was a tender and loving father, right? So what does this mean to be a tender and loving father? And we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, He was also an obedient father. You know, I talked about that. I mentioned in the catechesis part of it that he accepted the, the will of the Lord and the plan of the father without seeking explanation, right? And I mean, he did seek explanation to some point, right, to be able to understand, but he didn't uh, beat it to the ground, right? He didn't over-discern the explanation type of thing, right? So he was an obedient father to the Father in heaven. And he was an accepting father, as I mentioned. So he was obedient. He accepted. He accepted Mary unconditionally. He accepted Jesus unconditionally. He accepted going to Egypt. He accepted being a carpenter. He accepted their simple life, right? When he when they came back to Nazareth, they, he accepted whatever the the Lord really placed into him. So um, he was obedient to the Father, accepting. Uh, he was also a creatively, create, creatively courageous father. That word was hard. Uh, 
so we see that he wasn't just some, I mean, yes, he was a bystander, but he was also courageous. Uh, and that comes with living out true masculinity to be courageous and to be that provider and that rock, right? You have to be courageous to do this um, and to fight for the family. And so uh, in, in, in the, actually the first um, paragraph that, that Francis writes here, he says, in, in the first stage of all true interior healing is to accept our personal history and to embrace even the things in life that we did not choose, right? We must now add another important element, creative courage. This emerges especially in the way we deal with difficulties. In the face of difficulty, we can either give up and walk away or somehow engage with it. At times, difficulties bring out resources we did not even think we had. St. Joseph had to live courageously, right? He had to, he listened to the angels. He did uh, what the Lord was asking to him, even uh, when he didn't know, even when Herod was out to kill uh, Jesus, right? And so uh, we, we can learn what it means to be courageous, right, from St. Joseph. He was also a working father. You know, as mentioned, he worked to provide for his family, um, to protect them. And so uh, and we can see that, that his, his work as a carpenter, it earned an honest living, right, to provide. It's not like he lied, cheated, and st- stole from people to try to provide for the Holy Family, but he had honest work. He was a working father. Uh, and, and, and Jesus learned a lot from him in that moment. What does it mean to, to be a working father, right? And then he was also, as I mentioned too, that he was a father in the shadows. Um, so he's kind of that bystander. Uh, he wasn't out to seek the fame, but that father in the shadows. And so those are uh, seven characteristics. Um, and even they go into the catechesis part of the teaching, but they speak a lot to who Joseph was at the core um, and his very nature. Uh, so just seven things that Pope Francis pulls out and, and highlights uh, of who St. Joseph is. And so, Father Kevin, because I, you are a spiritual father, and I know that you've been really kind of reflecting on this, like, uh, what sticks out to you, right, as a spiritual father and as somebody who has been really trying to unpack the heart of, of St. Joseph? Sure. So, in thinking about this, I realized there's this paradox of, I have so much to say, and I don't know what to say, in the sense that, like, I'm still unpacking this great mystery of, like, what fatherhood is, you know, and so I'm, I'm getting glimpses along the way, but just the beautiful mystery of fatherhood is um, just something that's going to be continuously uh, being, I think, revealed and um, discover the the great riches of it as as time goes on. But I think, so I, I mentioned earlier um, briefly about how I started to get to know St. Joseph better, maybe a little bit more, like, you know, personally and vulnerably beyond that as well. Like, I think when I was approaching ordination, um, one of my fears or just like um, ways in which I was like, I I don't know, Lord, like, are you really calling me to this? Was just this fear of like, do I have what it takes to be a father? Um, Because I saw in myself, like I have good characteristics to be a good brother to people. So, hey, maybe I should be a monk and like be a brother with people like I, I don't have a problem doing that but just the the mystery of just uh, what it means to be a father just seemed overwhelming um, and it seemed like I, I didn't have what it takes and uh, I didn't know how to do that I mean I have my own earthly father and he was a blessing in many ways but no 
father on earth is perfect. And so uh, we never have that perfect example of what it's supposed to look like to be a father. And every father has their own personality or God's love comes through them in, in different ways based on their temperaments and whatnot. And so I was kind of at this um, loss of like, how is it that I, like in, in a few short hours, like people are going to be calling me father and I, I still don't really know what that means or how I'm supposed to live up to that. And one of the things that they talked about a lot in seminary was this idea that um, you can I, I might butcher the way that they said it, but I, I think it was something along the lines of um, you'll be an effective father to the extent that you are first. Hold on. I need to think of how to say it. Cause it's one of those like really deep and profound things. But if I don't say it correctly, it's going to be like, how did they say it? it in order to be like a, an effective father, you first need to be, loved as a son by a father. Um, it, it's something along those lines. They, they found a way to make it a little bit more pithy, but in a sense, like, and, and maybe mothers can relate to that as well. But um, for me to exercise fatherhood, like I continuously need to grow in my sonship. So that comes um, partly from uh, continuously growing in my relationship with my dad, like in that biological fatherhood, but then uh, with St. Joseph and with God, the father, um, continuously uh, going to them as a son, being fathered by them, and then being able to father in the way that I myself am being fathered. So um, in that way, um, as I'm exercising my fatherhood and I'm learning what it is that it means to be a father, like very concretely, when I'm having difficulties or um, I have to make a, a hard decision or whatever, like I'm asking God and I'm asking St. Joseph, like, guys, I need you to father me right here. Like, I, I feel like a little kid. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. So I need you to like step in and father me. And then if you can do that, I feel equipped. Like, I feel like I have what it takes to then go out and be the father you're calling me to be. So I know that was like a um, kind of revolutionary thing for me to realize was that if I do have what it takes, if I allow myself to be fathered by these men. And I would say one of the ways in which I've drawn closer to the heart of um, St. Joseph is through that characteristic, Emma, that you talked about with the um, the, the tenderness. So um, just going back, you, you're referencing this document by Pope Francis. You, you said it's Patris Cordae. And then for our listeners who aren't fluent in Latin, that would be P-A-T-R-I-S and then C-O-R-D-E if you wanted to look it up and read it, um, which is just Latin for heart of the father. And uh, I happened to be reading recently this book by Father Boniface Hicks called Through the Heart of St. Joseph, which is pretty much like the extended edition of uh, Pope Francis's document there. And so he has like a whole section on what it means to be a tender father, which Pope Francis says that's what St. Joseph is. And for most men, like that is not a word that we want to have associated with us as fathers. Like, I don't want to be known as tender, like tender sounds like something of a little kid. Like we say that the infant Jesus at Christmas is the infant who's tender and mild or tender sounds like, um, you know, a feminine attribute. So it, it, it almost sounds emasculating to talk about being a tender father. Um, but what Father Boniface Hicks kind of draws out here, which I, I found really helpful, was just getting back to the etymology of that word tenderness. And so he writes in this book, the etymology of tenderness 
is from the Indo-European root ten, which means stretched. So when we think of a tendon, tension, or attention, we get a sense of the way that tenderness stretches the heart. The one who is tender does not act impulsively and snap, but stretches in patience and waits on the one who is in need. This is the father who holds a pouting child close to his heart while he absorbs the blows of pain and anger erupting from a frightened toddler. Slowly, the anger plays itself out, and the child collapses into arms of love. And I love that quote. I love that explanation of that's what's at the heart of tenderness. It's not this rosy-cheeked, I'm going to be a doormat. It's like it takes a strength, it takes courage um, to withstand um, the blows, whatever the case may be, and just to be patient and to be merciful um, because you're so firmly rooted in um, a, a fatherly love. And uh, so you're not going to snap at the child who's snapping at you. You're going to receive it and uh, you're going to bestow love in return. So I think that's one quality in particular that I really admire about St. Joseph. And then I allow St. Joseph to father me in that way so that I can more effectively be that father for others. Mary Kate, did you have anything? As you were saying that, Father, I immediately thought to this morning when uh, the kids were getting up for the day and Max is not a morning person. And so I was holding him and he was just screaming and kicking. (laughs) And I had to just be like, Max, you're fine. Like, what in the heck, man? Just calm down. It's okay. You've got your pancake. Calm down, child. (laughs) And so when, you know, when you're talking about, no, just being held and, and, um, and, and from the father's perspective, holding that child and just withstanding the blows, um, there's something to that because I think a lot of times we act to God um, like we're little toddlers, like we're screaming and kicking and throwing a fit and um, we don't want to do what he's asking of us. But in the long run, it's it's actually what we need to do and it's actually good for us. Um, <laughs> you know, I could think of so many times with my own kids where it's like, if you would just have listened to me, we would not be in this situation right now. <laughs> um, and so I, I really relate as a mother to what you're, what you're saying. I think it's, I think it's profound. Um, and then I think another thing that goes along with tenderness um, that I learned from my own father was, I remember very specifically the one time that I always think of when I think of how my, my dad showed me the love of the father and, and, the love of St. Joseph, I was having a really, really bad day and I was working for my, my family at the time. And my dad called me into his office and he just goes, how's it going? And I just burst into tears and he just had me come over to him and hugged me and held me. And that was exactly what I needed in that moment. Um, And I think that's what we need to look at when we think of fatherhood is that yeah they're there in the good times but they're also going to be there to hold you up in the bad times whether they're a biological father a spiritual father um and that's that's what you're here for father you are there to hold your people up um as as uh 
Christ's vessel on earth. You, when you are in persona Christi, that is what your job is, to hold Christ's people up. Um, and I think that's very important for people to know, um, is that you're there for them. Yes, you are the priest, and oh my goodness, we need to respect priests and hold them up on this pedestal. Priests are just like us. Um, so we can go to them and have them have them hold us up. I, uh, I want to actually read what Pope Francis writes in, in Patri's Court under this section of tenderness, right? And a tender and loving father, uh, because it, summar- it summarizes what I was going to say. Uh, but he writes, the evil one, Satan, right, makes us see and condemn our frailty. And Father, this is what you were talking about, how for a lot of men, they don't necessarily want to be associated as tender, right? <laughs> or, you know, it seems like a foo-foo kind of term, you know? Uh, but the evil one makes us see and condemn our frailty, uh, whereas the spirit brings it to light with tender love, okay? Tenderness is the best way to touch the frailty within us. Pointing fingers and judging others are frequently signs of an inability to accept our own weaknesses, our own frailty, Only tender love will save us from the snares of the accuser. That is why it is so important to encounter God's mercy, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, where we experience his truth and and tenderness. Paradoxically, the evil one can also speak the truth to us, yet he does so only to condemn us. We know that God's truth does not condemn, but instead welcomes, embraces, sustains, and forgives. That truth always presents itself to us like the merciful father in Jesus' parable, referring to the parable of the prodigal son in Luke uh, 15, one through, or 11 through 32. Uh, it comes out to meet us, restores our dignity, sets us back on our feet, and rejoices for us. For, as the father says, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Like that... Tender love doesn't wait for the person that did the wrong, right, to come. He runs, right? I mean, obviously, there has to be this meeting point, right? But he doesn't wait until it's convenient. He runs to meet him. That's the parable of the prodigal son, that tender love of the father that embraces, right? Um, That even in the weakness and the frailty, uh, that, that we accept that person and we love them, right? And, and, and we receive them, right? As women, we receive and we give life, right? Uh, and so for us, and, and the model of St. Joseph is, well, how do we receive somebody, right? Uh, in, in who they are, even in all their woundedness and all their brokenness, right? In this tender love, right? Um, so that we can then help to give life, right? So, Mary-Kate. Um when you were talking about the prodigal son, it reminded me of this extremely famous painting of the prodigal son and the father. I do not know who the artist is. I'm going to have to try to find the. Mm-hmm. I think it's Rembrandt, yeah. Um, and an important detail that people might know about, they might not, is that one of the father's hands is a big masculine hand, and the other hand is smaller. And it's to show the tender love that the father has, the tender love of of a mother oftentimes. Um, And so I think that's an important detail, is that tenderness is such an important role in fatherhood that I don't think people often pay attention to yeah maybe I, I could say two things to that i think um 
So first of all, it's it's beautiful to hear Pope Francis making that connection, like specifically tying in that um, characteristics with the sacrament of confession, because that's exactly what I try to emulate when I'm in the confessional is to um, convey the tenderness of the father when I'm in the sacrament of reconciliation. So when people come to me, who knows like what their fears are or what their perceptions of what I'm thinking or feeling about them. I know I have my own sometimes fears about like, what's this priest going to think about me? And um, we fear that he's going to like condemn us and be like, what's wrong with you? Or like, you just confessed this last week and like, what's the matter with you or whatever. But um, as, as as best as I can, I, I try to emulate the tenderness of that father um, in the confessional, because I know that's such a vulnerable place for people to just um, be completely like exposing their weaknesses, their sins um, in vulnerability and just sharing that with um, a representative of the father. And so, um, please God, I am acting in the tenderness of the father in that setting above all. Um, but then I think the second thing, again, going back to this idea, I can only give away what I myself first have received. Um, I first have to receive the tender, um, loving fatherhood in the context of confession as a priest, like, like all of us, but like myself as a priest, like I can only give that if I myself am going and receiving uh, the tenderness of the father in the sacrament of confession. But I think this is also um, area for all of us. And I, I don't know if Emma, you were planning to um, share this. I know you touched on it briefly in the talk that you gave, but that all of us, again, even if you had the best father in the world, he still wasn't perfect. He still wasn't our heavenly father. And so we, we have instances um, from our own upbringings of our fathers not exhibiting that tender love when we needed it the most. And so um, part of kind of the healing process for us involves maybe going back into those areas where we desired our fathers to love us more tenderly than they did um, and to be able to um, have mercy on them and to ask the Lord to bless them and to acknowledge that we're not perfect and that they're not going to be perfect, but um, to receive the Father's uh, tender love for us in those places where we did not receive it. Um, and that can then help us as we continue to grow uh, to be a, a vessel filled with more, I guess, tender love to be able to then give away. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be kind of a segue. I was going to talk about these like our woundedness, right? It's our brokenness and the need for mothers and fathers, um, but particularly the spiritual motherhood and fatherhood of Mary and Joseph, right? Uh, because and it's something I mentioned in, in the talk was that, you know, Mary and Joseph were fully human, right? They were 100% human. They experienced the same things we experienced, right? As, as human beings, they, you know, uh, the struggles and the hardships, but yet they were I mean, Mary was without sin, right? So we know that Mary uh, did not sin, but but Joseph particularly, like, I mean, there's nowhere in scripture, right, or church teachings that says that he was perfect, right, without sin, um, to be immaculate, right, as Mary. But they exemplify these virtues, right? And what does it mean uh, to be a mother and a father? Because every single one of us, every single uh, man is called to be a father, whether it's a spiritual father or biological father. Every single woman is called to be a, a mother, whether it's spiritual or biological, right? Like that's, that's who we are. That's part of our nature. And, you know, we all, none of us grew up in perfect families, right? Our parents failed, um, even if they tried their best, right? There's moments of failing. There's areas of needing healing. And that's where we can ask for the grace. You know, if, it, if there's mother wounds, 
well, Mary, I invite you into this moment, into this memory, right, uh, to heal this, right? How Show me your tender, loving, motherly care. Well, St. Joseph, like there's this, this instance with my father, um, you know, show me your tender, fatherly, loving care in that moment. And obviously we invite the Lord with them, uh, but we allow Mary and Joseph to show us that even in where our parents failed, uh, because I, I doubt that there would be very few, if any, parents that would say they were perfect <laughs> in, in raising their kids, right? Um, so then when we go back through and we, you know, if we have a bad relationship with our father, well, invite St. Joseph to come into those moments of those bad memories and just say, show me what it means in that moment to experience the love and mercy of a father, right? The tender, loving care of a father, um, the same thing with a mother, right? What does it look like to have this tender, loving, motherly touch in this moment, right? And so uh, we can look to St. Joseph. We can ask St. Joseph. We can talk to St. Joseph as if he were our father, uh, to be a father to us. And actually, uh, Father, there was somebody after this, um, I'm not going to mention names or anything, but uh, she came up to me and she said, you know, I, I've been without a father for a very long time. And I've I've never... I never thought of building a relationship with St. Joseph to fill that void uh, of fatherhood that I've been missing. And it was, that's really beautiful because he is, like, he wants to be that father to us. He wants to be uh, that person that will wrap his arms around us to protect us, right? Uh, but he will also show us what the heart of, of the father in heaven looks like, too. Um, and so when we allow ourselves, uh, to enter into those wounds and the brokenness of our childhood and, and even broken relationships with our parents, it allows for us to, to not only build relationships with our spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, but to be more human <laughs> and to be who we were created to be. Uh, because when we become more human, we allow the Lord to heal us, right? We're not putting up a fake self, uh, so that we can be the beloved sons and daughters that we're called to be and that we can then give that love to others. So that's kind of like that, that need for spiritual motherhood and fatherhood and how St. Joseph can be that father. You know, we, we, we know of Mary being that spiritual mother because the church really, I mean, we have her feast days, you know, we celebrate our blessed mother, but we cannot forget the powerful intercessor of St. Joseph. Um, and how he wants to be that spiritual father to us. And maybe one more thing I would add to that, um, a characteristic, I, I forget if you mentioned it there, but that's just coming to me that I know is um, something that I think many of us experienced with our fathers, like because our fathers weren't perfect, what is it that we would have wished um, was done better? And I think maybe one of the things was just um, that our fathers were more present to us um, for various reasons. Maybe our, our fathers were while our moms stayed at home, our fathers had to work extra hours uh, to help support the family. And so they weren't as present to us as we would have desired. And um, something that you'll be able to receive then from St. Joseph, as you see throughout scripture, is that all throughout he is present um, to his family. And so just um, that word, maybe for someone who um, that's a particular uh, struggle or wound, like just realizing that St. Joseph uh, walks with you as a father who is ever present. So you can add that to the list of 
um, characteristics as well. And I think I shared, uh, like, that was my testimony, right, to St. Joseph was, um, you know, my, my dad, he owns his own business. And growing up, like, he worked all the time. He wasn't necessarily present. And uh, that's something that really bothered me. Uh, that, I, that was really painful for me. And I remember, like, we would argue about this. Like, well, you're never, like, you're just never present, right? Like, you're never here. Or you, you very rarely can get to sporting events. I mean, he tried when he could. But as a kid, you would want him at everything. Um, and I, I remember that I, I just a few months ago had this very powerful healing moment with St. Joseph. And I was, I was going back through some of these just childhood wounds. And, um, when I get to this moment with my dad, right. Uh, cause I'm a daddy's girl, right. I love my dad. I'm daddy's girl, hundred percent through and through. So there weren't many of these moments, but this one in particular, and I was asking St. Joseph to be present, right. To love me in that moment where my father was unable to love, right. Even in, because of his own woundedness, his own brokenness. And it just this image of St. Joseph grabbed me by the shoulders. In that love, like that fatherly way, right? Grabs me by the shoulders and looks so intimately into my eyes and says, But I was there. Right? Like I was present to you as a father. And I'm still present to you as a father, right? And that was just that, that very powerful prayer moment that transformed that memory. Uh, in a very powerful way where it's no longer a sorrow in my heart, but that there's a, a joy of uh, his presence there, right? And, you know, I love my parents. I love my mom. I love my dad. Um, but, right, we have these areas where uh, Mary and Joseph want to come in through the power of Jesus uh, to heal for us. Amen. Yeah. And that's why I, as a spiritual father, will try to go to basketball games or I'll try to get involved in the community because, um, I can do all I want in the church, um, but once I leave the church walls and I'm actually present in people's lives, like it makes a huge difference for people. So it's, it's a small gesture on my part, but I realize based on their reactions, wow, like a fatherly presence goes a long way. It, it really means a lot. So And people notice that. Like I remember when you went to that um, high school football game a few years ago and how People knew that you were there and they're like, oh, hey, it's Father Kevin. Like, this is really awesome. Um, and, I, and I think that really it makes a difference. That being present. And it's I mean, it's even a challenge for us. Right. That how powerful it is to just be present. Right. Because that's another way in which love is transmitted is um, by being present. Right. Just being present to those we love and we care about and. Um, I think that's something in today's world uh, that is greatly, greatly lacking. It's just like the being present. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. well, I was going to read another quote from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, but I feel like we <laughs> we might be uh, tapped out, or this would be another topic of conversation because it goes pretty deep. Um, but I wanted to just any other thoughts on Saint Joseph, spiritual fatherhood. Anything that we might have missed? No, thanks for talk about this for a long time. So yeah, exactly. No, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. And again, I'm still unpacking the um, talk that you first gave at Advent, and it really set me on that momentum to um, learn more about about Saint Joseph and and go to him more in prayer. So just um, thanks for sharing these things. And and like you said, and like I shared in the um, when we first talked about this a few episodes back, like there is something about. Um, uh, a woman who's able to call a man onto holiness and, and vice versa. So um, thank you for 
all that you ladies do to help remind me of what it means to be um, a father and, and to be a man and to call out what is uh, good in me, what God is calling me to do. And I pray that I'm able to do the same. Praise God. Well, shall we move into one, Joyce? We shall. Okay. Emma, you never go first. (laughs) Okay. Emma's going first. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I would say, um, okay, well, I've kind of two. That's fine. Sorry. Okay. Uh, One is just the snow. I finally snowed. I love the snow. Of course, it may be gone by the time this episode comes out, but I am just grateful that we actually have snow, uh, that actually feels like winter. Um, But my second joy is is truly just reading this book uh, by Joseph, excuse me, Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, The God of Jesus Christ and Meditations on the Triune God. Uh, just a great, great read about not only, I, there's a part in here about fatherhood um, that I was going to quote, but it would definitely lead into a much deeper conversation. But um, just beauty and, and reflecting specifically on who God is as the Father, on the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so just I'm finding a lot of joy in that and just consolation of the great love uh, that the Trinity has for us as human, right? As his beloved sons and daughters. So the one joy for me. What are you, what are you doing? So I was, oh my gosh, I was anticipating the buildup. Okay. okay. So I would say my one joy um so we just got done recording an episode with Madison, and she talked about Brother Lawrence's practicing the presence of God. And uh, so we were fresh off of that episode. We took like a half hour break to get lunch before recording this episode. And I'm on Exodus 90 right now, so there's no podcast going on, no music, no TV or YouTube or anything. So it's just silence in the house. And I'm just eating my little venison tacos sitting at my kitchen table and there's some sunshine coming through for the first time in like seven years here in Michigan. And I'm just soaking (laughs) up the sun and I'm like, this is the Lord's way of just saying, I love you and I'm here and I'm always with you. And, uh, I just soaked it up and, uh, received the Lord's love through the sunshine and venison tacos. Cool. Cool. All right, Mary Kate. All right. So I have two as well. Um, my, First, I'm going to say is that right now we are doing a series in youth group on the Chronicles of Narnia, the movies, and uh, we just started it a couple weeks ago, and I've been really pleased with how intuitive it is to the kids to pick out the Christian themes um, and how they're really they're really getting it, um, and so I, I've really been proud of them, um, and our next our next meeting is tonight, and so we're going to continue with that, and I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be really good. Um, and my second joy is that uh, Mary Chess's birthday is coming up. She is turning three, which is kind of nuts. So I'm just really excited for, for her birthday and and whatnot. And it's it's crazy to think that she's... <laughs> almost three years old because let me tell you what it feels like just yesterday where she was born and and whatnot and how i was salty about having to miss ash wednesday mass so that that uh it's crazy to me that she's gonna be three seems like just yesterday well praise god and so soon you will have three kids three and under no it's not it's not as impressive 
as yeah, as three under impressive. two <laughs> for a catholic it's not as impressive the rest of the population it's impressive yeah, yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> all right well why don't we i'll close this in prayer um since y'all prayed the other episodes i'll close this in prayer and yeah in the name of the father and of the son and holy spirit amen oh good and gracious god we thank you for this time today this discussion we just ask that uh, St. Joseph's uh, presence and intercession be with us, uh, not only today, but in our lives, that we truly know and uh, learn and uh, experience the, the great, tender, uh, loving care of, uh, of a father, a father that's protective and a father that will lead and guide us to the heart of the Father in heaven. So, St. Joseph, we just ask that you you grab us by the hand, right? That you bring us into your presence and uh, heal any wounds of childhood that we may have with our fathers or with other uh, father figures in our lives and, and to truly be that father figure that we need in our lives and, and that we desire. And lead us to the heart of our Heavenly Father to show us that we are cared for, that we are loved, that... Uh, that we are truly his children, his beloved sons and daughters, set out for a great mission. And so, St. Joseph, we just ask that you instill your virtues into us uh, so that we can be the, the, the people and the, the children that we are called to be. And so we pray all of this. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us for another week. So, okay. God bless. My golly. (laughs) Oh, take care, everyone.